0: Lose the Cape podcast, episode 131. Hey, everybody. Today, I am interviewing a very special guest, Joy Acaso. We're talking about a really deep topic, um, suicide, particularly in younger children, depression and um, anxiety in children, specifically ages 9 to 12. This is a, a heavy topic. We, we talk about some things that could be disturbing for children to hear. So I just want to give you the disclaimer that if you are listening with your children around, you may either want to turn it off and listen another time or put in your earbuds because we get into some pretty heavy topics. So a couple of announcements before we get going. First of all, we've started a new format. You may have noticed we're actually going live Via our Facebook page when we are doing the interviews now. So instead of pre recording our podcast interviews, we go live on the Facebook page so that we can engage with our audience and with our guests. Um, if people want to watch live and be able to ask questions. And then we take that audio and we throw it up into a normal podcast interview so that the people who want to consume it as a normal podcast can continue doing that as well. So um, before we get into the interview, I do want to let you know that this podcast is sponsored by the Women in Publishing Summit. This is a week-long online conference for you if you are interested at all in writing, publishing, or better marketing a book. We are, for Women's History Month in March, celebrating 44 women who are authors, publishers, uh, graphic designers, editors, marketers, anyone involved in bringing a book to life. We are celebrating their successes, talking about what they have done, how they've accomplished it, what they've accomplished, as well as basically giving you a bachelor's degree in writing, publishing, and more importantly, marketing your book. So we are so excited to share this. You can actually get a free ebook download. Ditch the fear and just write it if you go to bit.ly.com forward slash WIP ebook. So that's WIP as in Women in Publishing ebook, w i p ebook uh get your free download there as well as your free registration and come help us celebrate the amazing accomplishments of these women as well as learn how to either write and publish or if you've already written and published learn some marketing tactics that are out of this world thanks so much and we will see you there and now for our interview with joy acaso okay um Welcome, everybody, to the Lose the Cape podcast. This is the first time we have attempted to go live with a guest using Zoom (laughs) and broadcasting (laughs) onto the page. Hey, Nancy, please share this with everyone everywhere if you can, um, so that we can make sure everybody knows we are live, share it in the event, um, share it around wherever we can. So, um, I do want to give a disclaimer as people are coming in. I'm just ca- trying to chit chat just a little bit while Facebook builds our audience. Um, we are are pleased to have a guest. Joy, is it Akaso? I should have asked you that before we started. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes, um, you
1: said it right. Okay. Yep. Good. Acaso. I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna turn off my Wi-Fi on my phone actually because sometimes that impacts the broadcast. Okay, so um, a family-child relationship, parent-child relationship expert and therapist, Joy Acaso, and I will tell you all about why she is here with us today. Um, So the reason I decided, I I just want to kind of give you some background on the events, and first I need to give you a disclaimer. We are talking about very adult topics today And um, triggering topics. We're talking about suicide, we're talking about bullying, we're talking about some other um, very adult type. Um, conversations so please if you have um children around either put in earbuds or wait until later to watch this because there are some things that i'm sure you don't want them to be educated about today before you get the chance to speak to them and joy will actually be giving us some some tips on how to talk to our children about about these topics but um the reason that I really felt compelled to do this, to do this live, to do it quickly was, uh, exactly a week ago on Thursday. So just short of a week ago, I learned that a, a 10 year old fifth grade boy who lives in my sister's neighborhood, just about 10 minutes away from where I live. Um, she has a 10 year old fifth grade boy. I have a 10 year old fifth grade boy. And we learned that, uh, this particular child had um hung himself committed committed suicide by hanging and um whew, i feel the tears are coming yeah. <laughs> so bear with me here um you know just uh, it's it's a shocking 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 event when a child that young takes their life their parents were shocked um and and described him as a happy child and and saw no reason why this would happen he had just asked his mom uh, that day to help him set up a fundraising account for uh, the the fundraiser that our elementary schools do for a the American Heart Association—it's a jump rope challenge thing—and oh. um, you know they, they were just shocked and couldn't couldn't believe that this has happened. Um, this, we did learn through other people in our community that this is the third attempt this year at this particular elementary school, and that the sheriff's department is um, is investigating what's going on because it, it appears that there is some kind of influence on these kids. For three kids in an elementary school to try to commit suicide in one year is just is just huge. Um, I was talking to another parent and I learned of a challenge on YouTube apparently, or, or a YouTube video that's been popular amongst older tweens and teens that, again, I need to give the disclaimer, if you've joined us and you've had small children around, we are talking about very adult topics, so please mute your... Um, please turn this off if you have children with you in the room that can hear this. Um, Apparently there is a YouTube video that is like showing kids how to hang themselves to get off better when they are doing things to themselves. Um, And so there, there is a possibility that that was seen. We just, we don't have answers. We don't know, but I wanted to bring in joy and I'm going to read her bio and tell you who she is because This is not the first situation. In fact, the reason I I started paying attention to this topic was I write um, health articles for parenting publications on maternal and child health. And last year when I was doing research, I read of a nine-year-old in West Virginia that committed suicide by hanging. And it was... uh, because of bullying. And when I did a little bit of research after I asked Joy to come on the show, I found um, a 12-year-old in Atlanta not too long ago, another 10-year-old, other kids in this 9 to 12-year-old range who have hung themselves in the past couple years or committed suicide by another reason. And the the culprit is often bullying. So I wanted to talk to a a parent-child specialist, and I asked Joy to come in. And if you'll bear with me for a second, I'm going to pull up her bio so that i can tell you exactly who she is but we plan on talking about this topic of of bullying of how it's leading to suicide of cyberbullying of the impact of social media on our children like i was talking about the youtube video where a younger child could stumble upon a video that shows them something that they don't know and understand and they're and they're Trying to to do it as well, so you know this whole idea of of access and what our kids are watching and listening to, um, and then super importantly, we're going to discuss how you have a conversation with your children when something like this happens, well, and how you have a conversation with your children before it happens to make sure that they don't try it. So all good things. Um, no, I'm sorry. All good things for us to learn and put in our. Toolboxes, parents, not good things that we want to be talking about with our 9, 10 and 11 year olds. Um, okay, so sorry for that extremely long introduction. Now I'm going to tell you who our guest is and let her actually start talking. And please, we would love questions from you. If you have questions, if you have feedback, if you have ideas we, we decided to do this live because of the fact that we want it to be a community discussion. There's a lot to bring on this topic, and we really encourage you to participate. Okay. Joy Acasso is a psychotherapist and parent-child relationship specialist. By trade, she is a licensed clinical social worker. Joy is on a mission to help working moms navigate and strengthen their relationship with their children. She's been in the counseling field for 20 years, if she had to pick a specialty, Joy is inclined to say that much of her work and research f- focuses on depression and anxiety in all ages, which is why she's a fantastic pick for this, so she can help us identify those those signs that, that we may have depression or anxiety happening in our children, uh, and the treatment of defiant behavior in children. She brings in a ton of knowledge from evidence-based training, but she believes that her clients have been her best teachers. She's a full-time working wife and mom of a two, a nine-year-old daughter, and a four-year-old son. Uh, I'm sorry of two a nine year old daughter and a four year old son so she's got a child right in this age range as well Yes <laughs> so thank you so much for agreeing to come and to do this live and to um to share your knowledge and experience with us um okay thank you so for you you, me. you yes, thank you so you've heard the background um you have an idea yes. for what's going on. I would just love to hear your initial like assessment and feedback on on what I've just kind of described.
1: Sure, sure. Um, Alexa, so when you had posted what happened um, about this 10-year-old, first of all, I hugged my children so tight that day. You know that I, um, you know, I have clients who are, I work with both parents and children. And even for as long as I've worked in this field, I, I still, you know, I, it still breaks my heart. To hear things like this and yeah. to um, to know that this is this is happening and this is going on, and it's very interesting that you brought up that in in your um, research that as you were looking up this topic, the nine to twelve year olds, right? That's where the suicide had been happening, and um, the numbers are there um, because we say that from zero to nine years old. So that's actually the critical window, right? So for parents, zero to nine, that's where we are able to mold our children. We're able to teach them. We're able to guide them. Uh But by age of nine, that's when like everything changes. And we have to, as parents, we have to adjust with that it's not something that we need to fear. It's not something that we need to be scared of because we're saying like, Oh no, like all these changes. No, you just have to kind of like understand that a lot of changes are going on with our kids from that age. And we need to adjust. We need to adjust with the changes, especially with the girls. I don't know if there were, um, you know, numbers about girls um, in particular, but by the age of nine, statistically, uh, the self-esteem in girls drop.
0: Yeah. I see it happening already with <laughs> my eight-year-old daughter, definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and so, but, you know, when we understand those things, when we have that as part of our knowledge, we have a framework to work with. We we can say, like, okay, this is what's happening naturally, and now what do I do? How can I help my child you know, as she or he is going through these changes.
0: Right. So, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, um, yeah. So um, when, from zero to nine, right, so we have a particular, like, um, role to play as parents. But then when it comes to, like, the age of, like, nine to 12, like the preteen years, um, there needs to be, like, a more... They need to be more involved
0: mm-hmm. as far
1: as, um, you know, some decision, making. I'm not saying all decision making, um, but some of the decision makers, even consequences, responsibilities, they need to start naming, you know, um, their responsibilities, what consequences can come out of um, if those responsibilities are not being met, you know, they need to chime in give them space to chime in give them space to express their opinions because really children just want to be heard and when they feel like they're not being heard that's when things kind of um you know change and there's tension and there's going to be friction and and that's what we don't want
0: so um you know I, i was talking with some of my friends and and none of us are trained therapists or anything but We were just discussing about like, these are not ideas that naturally pop into a nine or 10 year old's mind, I think, right? I'm asking that question to kill themselves. I mean, that's, that's not something a nine or 10 year old, 11 year old, maybe 12 year old, you get into middle school and you're, you're exposed to different things and more adult subjects, but I don't remember ever thinking about hurting myself until I was at least in middle school. And then who doesn't want to hurt themselves in middle school? I mean, it's like the worst three years of your life. But, you know, um, why why do you think it is that we're seeing this happen in nine nine and 10-year-olds? Is it, is it access to social media where they're being exposed? Is it because of bullying? Is it cyberbullying?
1: Yeah, I think all of it. Um, And and the sensationalism of self-harming. Self-harming is now being sensationalized. You mentioned YouTube challenges. Um, There was um, a YouTuber. uh, What's his name? Is it Paul Logan or Logan Paul? I can't remember. I always mix it up. But you see, my clients call me about these (laughs) things. I don't know them. I don't know them. And, um, you know, he had walked in, he was in Korea, I think, and he had walked into, or Japan, he had walked into a park where someone had committed suicide. And that was, he has millions of viewers.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: know nine-year-olds who know him and watch right. him. Right. And so they learn from that. They, le- they learn from older friends
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, you know, hear of um, self-harming Um celebrities who talk about it in their songs yeah Yeah. and and the thing is like you know some celebrities they they sing about it with the intention that okay this is what happened to me but I didn't give up and I know that you know there's something better but for a nine-year-old and a ten-year-old they don't filter things like that through that lens they just hear you know okay he did that and he's famous
0: right so it must be something I should try too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's um, it's not funny at all. But when I was doing the research for this, actually, when when I told my, when my sister told our whole family about the little boy in her neighborhood, uh, we were talking about the influence of YouTube and and things like that. And she mentioned, and now I've seen it come pop up across my news things. But there's a there's currently a, a tide pod challenge out there encouraging children Mm. to eat tide pods and i mean this is the thing like i know this this is a a hot topic amongst parents is how much we should filter what our kids have access to when they should have access to social media um, and all that kind of stuff but this is what scares me because Like you said, they don't know how to filter this stuff at this age. And if they see somebody say, hey, this is funny, you should try it. Or, you know, it's it's peer pressure to a whole new level, I think. And I worry that sometimes some of the children are hurting themselves because they're just trying to do something that they see somebody else do and they think it's funny or it's cool.
1: Right. No, that's true. And this is the age where they want to fit in where exactly. they want to feel like they belong, where they feel like they're, they're cool. They're part of the cool crowd. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I, I see this so much with my child. Um. So you, you work a lot with anxiety and depression, children with anxiety and depression. And I think that's an important thing to cover as well, because obviously you know, the influence of social media, bullying, we've all heard that it's happening, especially to little, to girls, the numbers are higher on girls hurting themselves because of our desire to post a selfie and get positive reactions and all this kind of stuff. I've read all kinds of um, things on, on how social media impacts girls negatively, but when it comes to anxiety and depression and true, like mental health issues that could lead to a younger um, child Especially one that's been exposed to famous people or YouTubers or anybody right. else like that who's talking about harming themselves when times are tough. What are some of the signs to look for? How do we know what's true anxiety and depression versus normal angst of a child that's about to go through some massive changes in their body and hormones and all this? All this is right. happening.
1: Yeah. Um, that's a good question. So <laughs> depression and anxiety, there is a very thin line between the two. Um, they mimic a lot of the symptoms, um, such as, you know, if they're, if their appetite has changed, mm-hmm. they're either not eating or overeating. Um, if they're under sleeping or oversleeping, you know, out, out of the norm. Um, if they are, Withdrawing from family and uh-huh. isolating themselves, if they're isolating from their friends, yeah, um, those are the telltale signs of um, depression and anxiety. Irritability is also another one. Yeah, um, yeah, or just you know saying like, "Oh, I don't feel like I don't feel like doing what I used to do." That's another sign, um, you know, and. And also, just um, with anxiety, there there's different kinds of anxiety. There's there they could be there's different names of anxiety too. Anxiety mm-hmm. like and depression are now being used loosely. Like you know, anyone can say I'm depressed, right? Or I'm I'm anxious. But like anxiety can take many forms: nervousness, frightened, um, restlessness, um, edgy. Mm -hmm. all those things. And so if they're able to identify more specifically what it is that they're feeling, the better. Okay. And that is the trick. (laughs) The trick is that here's like nine to 12 year olds, right? They don't, a lot of the times they don't know what they are feeling and they don't know how to put their feelings into words.
0: Right. Oh, I've noticed this so much with my 10 year old recently.
1: Okay, yeah. Even with our nine year old, I know that when she starts to get cranky, it's because she needs quality time with us. Yeah. So, we as parents, we have to be a good observer of our parents', I mean, of our children's behaviors. Because we need to know um, this is the hard work, right? But Mm -hmm. if we do the hard work in the back end, we are able to help them more so if we know our children's pattern of behavior we are able to say like to pick and say like wait this is not this is not you know the norm for her or for him um and we're able to even when they can't figure out the words to say we can pick up on like you know irritability to say like okay maybe she's stressed out at school or maybe something happened you know things things like that.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, If you've just joined us or have popped in here, we are speaking with Joy Acaso. She's a parent-child relationship specialist, and we are talking about uh, suicide in younger children. And the reason this came about as a topic of discussion was because a 10-year-old in my community uh, killed himself by hanging himself last week. Um, They still don't know why or what happened, our guess is that he was influenced by something or someone, but we are talking about um, the different things that can I- influence a child to do something as drastic as this, including bullying, including the influence of social media, YouTube, some of the things that we've seen on YouTube. Um, if you are just joining us, we're talking about very adult topics, so please make sure your children can't hear um, you know, just the different things that we've seen out there on YouTube in terms of people talking about self-harm. Joy was telling me that she's seen a trend that self-harming right now is a popular topic. And, um, you know, it just, it, it leads me to the question of when is it appropriate to allow your children to be on social media and, Aww. I mean, and, and, and yes. what kind of... Yeah. And and what kind of um, access, you know, and, and the funny thing is like I was doing an article and I came across uh, uh, some research about crazy people like influencing even the YouTube kids like these jerks were putting oh, in yeah. videos that were like of, of Dora the Explorer killing herself or of, you know.
1: Yeah, I've seen those too. Yes. Yeah.
0: And so it, it's just it's scary with what yes. our children have access to what is your advice in terms of age ranges where it's appropriate and um, and kind of what's going on developmentally in this nine to ten eleven twelve year old time frame?
1: right, right so I was thinking um, I was thinking about this because I know social media is now a very big influence, and one thing that. I would say is that we can't stop social media from growing, right? There is nothing that we can do with that. But what there is a lot that we can do with what we have control over as parents. Mm -hmm. We can foolproof our home. We can make it as stable as possible. We can make it a place where our kids can recharge and we can make it a place where our kids know that they can trust us with anything mm-hmm. so that when they go out into the world, they're able to cope better with social media. So I would say thry, try different things, right? Like you can require your kids to yeah, like make sure that you are around them when they're using social media. For example, when they're at home, let them know, hey, you know, when you use I'd like for you to be here in the living room where I can see you, Um, especially with younger kids, you're able to do that, you know, a little bit more like, you know, where I can see you. Um, We do that with our kids, you know, you have to use the computer here, Mm -hmm. where we can see you. Mm -hmm. And we can hear, you know, what, um, what you're doing. And, and then as far as um, what I tell parents usually is that if you want to limit the use of social media make sure that you replace it with something you can't just say well you know you can't just take their phones away and not and that's it and expect them to come up with something else especially in the yeah Yeah. the 9 to to 11 you know um tell them something else like okay put your phone down put the ipad down let's go out and go for a walk
0: Mm -hmm.
1: let's go you know let's go to the mall. At this time and because you know they need help replacing those behaviors
0: right yeah that's that's true and when everybody when everybody else is doing it I mean that's basically what we're talking about here right is yeah. the peer pressure and and everybody else has access to those things it does get more challenging and then you know you can feel like the bad guy is the parent but um, I, I read some articles not too long ago about how Developmentally, younger teens and tweens are just not ready for what 's coming at them in social media right. Right. they don 't know how to respond to they're not they 're not developmentally mature enough to handle the type of stuff that they 're seen and they 're exposed to um, so you know that being said, we know i mean i'm not i 'm not going to even try and pretend that I am uh, you know my daughter is eight years old she has a snapchat account do I like that? (laughs) No. But she has one friend on it and it's her cousin and they Snapchat back and forth to each other. So, um, you know, and we have it locked down. Nobody, you know, she can't, add friends. She knows that she's not allowed to add anybody else except for if I get a Snapchat account, you know, uh, she knows that we have to have access to her passwords, that if we want access to her iPad, we're going to go on there and look at everything. And um, Good.
1: yes, you
0: know, we're, we're really careful about it because I realize, like what you just said is so important. If you don't give them some option, then they start yeah. sneaking they start doing it anyway and I would much 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 rather perhaps allow a little bit even though the experts say it's not you know the right thing for them to do but I trust that between her and her cousin probably nothing is happening that's going to you know, right? You know, disrupt her and things like that. My son, on the other hand, he's the ten-year-old right. in fifth grade. He's not interested in social media at all yet, which is great. All he wants to do yes. is play <laughs> video games, which has its own challenges. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. With all the uh, the live play where people can come yeah, in, I
1: can join in, right?
0: And the same thing with him. Like he, when he's playing those games. Um, we have the volume on so I can hear who he's talking to. And if anyone ever, most of the time he's just playing with his friends from the neighborhood or school. But if I ever hear a voice that sounds a little unusual, I'm like, who is that? And you need to kick them out of the party because we're not playing with weird strangers.
1: (laughs) Right. No, that's good. That's very good. Yeah. And if you happen to come across, you know, things like that while they're watching on YouTube and, those strange things pop up have the conversation take a deep breath <laughs> and then have a con have the conversation yeah with them
0: so speaking of conversations um i unfortunately feel like we don't really have any choice anymore but to talk about these types of things suicide depression self-harm su- uh, all these things with our younger children now Um, we have not talked about it with our eight year old yet. I don't think she's in a place, she's not showing any signs that she's influenced by anything like that that would make her even, you know, she's in second grade. Oh my gosh, like, but my fifth grader, we did after, after this event happened, we did have to sit him down, explain what happened talk to him about what suicide is, ask him if he knew what it meant, ask him about self-harm and all these things. And it was an awful conversation. And I hope that we said and did the right things, but from your expert advice, what is the best kind of language? What are the best kinds of things that we can say? When do we start? At what age? How do we approach it? And um, you know, what, what do we do to, to, Give our kids as, as great of a chance as possible to make sure that they're not influenced by other people and 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 stupid things that lead them to hurt themselves accidentally sometimes
1: oh yeah yeah, so um it's good that you said something that like we have to know um how appropriate it is for our children you know to talk about these things like you said your eight year old she she didn't seem like you know she w- she would need that kind of talk um, because we don't want to do it prematurely, yeah Either. um and for for you know if you feel that your children is ready for something like this, um, just let them know that like the reality is that there are people who are hurting people in the world who are hurting. And who needs someone to talk to, let them know, reiterate that they can talk to you. Um, but parents, please, if you tell your children that they can talk to you, watch your reaction because sometimes we say, You can tell me anything you want, anything at all, and then they start talking to us and they're like and we're like, What?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you know? Um you got to like say what you mean like or mean what you say mm-hmm. if you if you want them and be careful what you wish for if you want your children to talk to you then be really open minded about it welcome the hard conversations in your home while they are still with you yeah. so you can guide them so you can you know tell them the right way and so that they're not asking other people for advice yeah it's very important how we react you know, to to our kids telling us. And this also goes back to, to that, you know, when they when they tell you, Oh, mommy, mommy, can I show you something? And we're too busy to look at what it is that they want. us, And then we drive a wedge, we drive a wedge between us and our children. I'm gonna cry. (laughs) We drive a wedge between us and our children. And we say like, we're too busy. We're too busy yeah. to pay attention to their simple drawings, to their, to, to what happened at school, to the things that they want to tell us about their, their friends. Yeah. And then when they're older and we want them to, to share their password with us, we want them to, we we're asking for, you know, their, their journals, their diaries, their emails. It's too late. It's yeah. too late because when they were five, when they were seven, they were asking for us to connect with them. But we were too busy in our little world. So please, like all those things, like it will help us better to, to help our, our children if we just pay attention to the little things that we do every day. Mm -hmm. I remember I had um, a case where the mom had a 15 year old and she just was not talking to her mom. Um, She just didn't want to have anything to do with her mom. She was very angry. Granted, there was a lot of things that happened in the family, um, but we worked together for a very long time. And, um, but then at the end, like the, the daughter started talking to her, you know, again, and the, you know, she started opening up. And so the mom comes to me and she says, oh, she's talking to me now. What do I do? She's telling me all these things. And I'm like, you do nothing. You sit there and you listen. You do yeah. nothing. <laughs> this is what you've been praying for, hoping for, waiting for. You've waited a long time for her to open up to you. Take it all in. <laughs> just just, take it all in. Because, um, you know, children just want... They want to know that they matter and what the, what they are saying, you know, matters. And sometimes we need to let them have the last word too. We can't just always, like, fix the situation for them. They say something and we're like, we want to add on to what they say. Not all the time. Not Let them have the last word. And, and you tell them, okay, you know, and you ask them a lot of questions. Ask them questions about what they're saying to you you know, and things like that. And then social media will be this little importance to them.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it's, I think you're, you're so right. Like the first step really is creating an environment and a place where they feel like they can come and talk to you. Yeah. So if they are seeing things that they don't understand, hopefully that, or. Right you know, or hearing about, hopefully their first step is to come and ask questions or, or tell. And, you know, as you were (coughs) talking about all of that stuff, I was thinking about how often mine who are five, eight, and 10 will come in and, and want to share something with me. And I'm like, later, we'll talk about it later. Or I've got to do this. or I've got to do that. Right
1: here. <laughs> me too. You know,
0: I mean, it's so easy to do and how yeah. I need to be mindful about that because you're right when they're, when they're 14 and 15, and we really need to be able to have open conversations about what's ha- happening in their worlds. It's going to be really hard if we haven't already yes. established that level of communication right but um it was kind of funny because when we had the conversation with my son the other day i mean i tend to like I take it to a level that it probably didn't need to go to, but we started talking about how we were like, if you ever feel sad or depressed or anything, you know, you can talk to us. And I was like, you're about to go to middle school and those are the worst years ever. And then he's like, well, the heck? I just want to be homeschooled. And I'm like, now I've scared him to death about middle school. And this was supposed to be a totally different conversation. So <laughs> it's, it's hard, but do you have any advice on, Approaching the subject in particular about um, anxiety, depression, sadness, wanting to, ideas of wanting to hurt yourself and then, um, and suicide.
1: Right, right. (coughs) Um, First of all, if you believe that, you know, your, your children. um, So when, when we diagnose um, depression and anxiety, we have a two week, timeline if we say if we we say that if it's been more than two weeks that they've been feeling this way then we you know we have to move on to treatment um, and things like that so if your children um, belong in that you know where they've been feeling like this for more than two weeks please make sure that you seek professional help and then Make sure that you advocate. You are your children's advocate. It's not easy to find a therapist that, um, you know, fits your specific needs. So don't, don't stop with the first therapist. If you, you know, you meet with the first therapist and it doesn't work out, don't give up. You know, you have to make sure that you advocate for your child. Um, There are many specialists out there who can help your children and they specialize in helping children um, with depression and anxiety. Now, as far as in the home, what should you, you know, how should you address it and what should you do? You have to understand, oh, you have to help your children understand that feelings are normal. They are just a part of us. They come and go. It does not not make them less of a person if they feel sad. It does not make the other person better than them because they're always happy. Feelings are just feelings. And that, again, goes back to how <coughs> welcoming we are as far as, you know, when our children are feeling sad, mm-hmm. when our children are feeling anxious, are we open enough to have those conversations with them are we you know saying like okay you feel sad one thing though is that you don't have to fix the situation not always you don't always have to fix the the situation for your children you don't have to promise that everything is going to be okay Mm. you do have to provide a space where they can process and talk it out with you yeah For example, if for younger kids, right? If they say, oh, mommy, I'm scared. I think there's a monster in my room. Very simple example. How do you take that conversation? Yes, I would like to say that no, there's no monster in there. Now go to sleep. But (laughs) the better way is to say like, okay, well, what kind of monster is it? You take the conversation further Mm because what you don't want is for them to shut down.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, because you're just basically, if you just say there's no monster, you're just, you just, the saying, end of
1: conversation, right? Yeah.
0: You're silly for having these feelings, and it's done. Exactly. You know, over exactly. It.
1: Yes. And, and, um, you know, you ask them, you know, what kind of monster is it? Oh, what color? What color is the monster? Where is it? You know, can you show me, you know, those things. Now, when we move on to the older kids, you know, they're saying, you know, I'm feeling really sad. Mm-hmm. Because um, because my friend you know said this, and then you take that conversation further, okay, you know, which friend is this and and when did it happen? You need to buy time for yourself. when you're asking questions, you're actually buying time so that you can be, so that you can phrase what you're gonna say, you know and and hold off your opinions um, until the end. Let mm-hmm. them talk. And, of course, if they ask you for your opinion, you know, definitely um, express that, too.
0: Yeah. Valerie says that sometimes just being heard is the most important thing, and that's that's so true to them. Um, Yes. (coughs) Excuse me. I did want to come back around before we get to the final topic of um, how we talk to our children after there's been a death or something like this is I really want to make sure we hit but I do want to touch on bullying because um, um, I think that has been in the research that I've done on the suicides that have happened in kids between 9 and 12 bullying is generally a factor so I'm wondering if you know what happens when you're I mean what do you even look for because what happens if you're isn't coming home and talking about these things how do you even how do we even know I mean hopefully the child is coming home and saying so and so is being mean but like you know there's a fine line I think sometimes between kids being just mean kids and someone that's actually that's true, bullied. actually
1: bullying right, right right
0: how do we know what do we look for and and what are some things that we can do to help the situation if our child is truly being bullied
1: Okay. Um, I think most schools have a bullying campaign and anti, anti-bullying <laughs> campaign, right? <Yes>. an anti-bullying <laughs> campaign. An anti-bullying. If there is such thing, um, that's a good segue for us to say like, oh, hey, you know, um, you have the anti-bullying campaign this week. What do you think? What um, do you think about it? Uh-huh. You know use it as a conversation conversational piece as a conversation starter, and say, "What do you think about it and you know do you know anyone who 's been bullied or you know how do you feel about bullying and and do you think that it's it 's common in your school? Have you heard anything like that you know before so use those things that you know are happening at school and like bringing it back to them Mm -hmm. type of thing. Um, if they are not talking, you know, if they're not expressing how they feel, they might need one-on-one time with you, especially if you have, you know, more than two children, actually like, you know, try and spend, try your best to spend one-on-one time with them so that you can ask specific questions, um, There is a guide that I I, um, print out for parents, the 50 questions to ask beyond how was your day.
0: Oh, yeah, that's good.
1: So those kinds of things, um, you know, asking questions while you're in the car ride, sharing your stories, um, age appropriate, of course, you know, um, and, and just, again, going back to that being an observer of, you know your your children's um behaviors
0: yeah um valerie just asked a really good question that i hadn't even thought about but i think this is this is super uh, a super great question she said she would also love to know on the flip side of that if you're concerned your child might be doing the hurtful things how do you address
1: that Yes. So that is that is that. That is a very difficult situation that um, I was selling Alexa like last year in December. I did get um, clients in one week, like maybe four or five of them that were self-harming. Mm-hmm. So um, the first thing to do is if you see them right away, like if they're doing it at home, I would suggest to take them to the doctor right yeah. away. Um, and then they will, you know, they will assess them, evaluate them to see what else they need. But outside of that, after that evaluation is done, let them um, be in therapy consistently. The key is to be consistent mm-hmm. because I've seen also families who go through this and they have a therapist, but they don't go, you right. know, consistently. And, and with that age, that's a good, that's a good question because I wanted to say that with that age, trust is very important and it takes a while to build trust with a therapist or a professional counselor. Right. Um, you know, I would say like maybe four to five sessions, it takes four to five sessions to be able to build that trust with the child. And so consistency is um, absolutely key mm-hmm. for that. What
0: about if oh. you're if you're concerned that your child is the one hurting other kids, like if your child is the bully how do you how do you figure that out? How do you address that situation because like Valerie was saying, she knows people um it it, it would be hard not to get defensive like if sure. someone came to me and said, "Your son pulls my kid's hair every single day on the yeah. thing, or your son is doing this or that." You know, the immediate response as a parent is to be like, that doesn't sound like my kid. Your child must be doing something wrong. (laughs) So, but, um, you know, how do, and I actually, I've seen, okay, so I told you I have an eight year old little girl. Well, we're already starting to see this kind of activity amongst the little girls where they're being just mean to each other and I actually I was really really proud of my friend my girlfriend because she reached out to me and she said I want you to know your daughter said xyz to my daughter and you know she spent the afternoon crying and um you know, that, that really hurt, but I knew how hard it had to have been for my girlfriend to come out and say that to me. But at the same time, I was so grateful that she did because it gave me the opportunity to have a teaching moment with my daughter where I could say, you know, you know, you don't like it when people say this to you and it makes you, how does it make you feel and all this kind of stuff. But it's not always that easy and if somebody uh, you know to have that and 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 i think that sometimes our natural response is to get super defensive and be like not my child not my sweet <laughs> child my child would never do that so so what what do you say um what do you advise parents when they learn that their child could be the aggressor um how are some ways to handle that and to work with them
1: okay First of all, if you hear a news like that, take a deep breath. <laughs> Go for a walk if you have to. I'm trying to imagine me too, like, you know, yeah. um, receiving a news like that. It isn't easy. But um, if what what we would want to find out is, it, was this an isolated event? Had this, Has this been happening, you know, for how long has this been going on? Um, because if it is a persistent situation, then we need to, see if, is there anger underneath that? Why, why is he, why is he or she being, you know, aggressive? Um, Are his needs or her needs not being met? Does he or she feel like he's not being heard, you know, at home or even at school? Um, Are there any changes going on, um, you know, at school and things like that, that we, we are not aware of? Yeah. So sit them down and have, you know, a talk with them, a non-judgmental talk with them.
0: Mhm. And a- actions that we can potentially take because okay, so this is my husband is a hardcore marine with <laughs> hardcore marine spent 9 years of his life serving in the Marine Corps and he told me the other day our son did something and he was like Ugh, the Marine in me just wants to snatch him out of his bed and like, in you know, beat him or whatever. And I was like, we don't beat our children. Let me just tell you. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I'm not sure that that would be the most appropriate thing to do for a 10 year old. And it would not be, you know, very effective. And, and he was like, well, it worked on me for however many weeks in boot camp and i was like yes yeah, but you were an <laughs> adult and it's different and you know that's <laughs> a completely point. different mindset and all this stuff and he was like i know and we do not beat our children i just need to clarify that but you know i understand why when you're frustrated and you don't know your child's behavior isn't changing um you know you don't you don't know where to take it from there but in in this case um I'm going to guess if, if you don't know how to, if you don't have the tools that maybe the best thing to do is to reach out to a family therapist, to have them help perhaps guide the situation. Yes. And, um, okay.
1: If you feel like you've tried, you know, everything or, or even if you're like, I just really need more knowledge Mm -hmm. and, and tools. Yeah. To reach out. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I think there's some danger in um, in trying to self uh, assess and self, like all of us can go That's out and read articles and things like that yeah. too, but not every situation is going to work and then it gets frustrating yes. and you're like, what's wrong with me that I can't handle this situation? Well, you're not, we're not equipped. <laughs> we're not equipped yeah. and trained all the time, but you know, I, I, I appreciate you coming on today and um, I do want to make sure that the way that we end the conversation is to talk about uh, coping uh, after there has been a an incident like this. Uh, for anybody who had joined us later on in the program, I mentioned that we started this whole conversation because there was a 10 year old in our community who took his life. We don't know why, whether it was an accident, whether he was influenced by something he had seen or heard. Um, we're still waiting on more information. Um, and I think that the information is important because it helps us figure out what's going on in our community and what we need to be prepared for. But I really, really want to um, end this whole conversation by talking about once something like this has happened, how we talk to our children about it and how we help them grieve through the process or answer their questions or, 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 you know, how much information should we share? What helps? What doesn't help? Any, any advice that you have on this once, once something like this has happened, particularly talking about kids in the eight to 12 to 12 range.
1: Okay. Um, one thing that, you know, um, we can do, yeah for the eight to twelve if if something like this has happened within your community or maybe they've they've seen it on TV um, or heard it from someone else, um, let them know that you know it is real, but at the same time, help them understand that it's not the answer that um, there are many ways to to express your sadness and if you're stressed out, if you're overwhelmed, there are solutions for those kinds of situations. And then welcome also their, the conversations that they want to have. If they're feeling sad, if they're saying, mommy, I feel really sad because of what happened. Um, Sit down with them, pay attention to what they're saying. Um, You know, put everything down aside, put everything aside and really like devote time with them because this is these conversations are priceless. They, we need to treasure them. We need to cherish them as hard as they are, as heart-wrenching as they are. We have to um, treasure them and welcome them, let them know that there are hurting people in the world. And then maybe have a plan with them to say like, you know, what are you thinking? What do you think we can do? Because now we know that there are people like, that are hurting there are people that are needing someone to talk to what do you think can we do is there anything that our family as a whole can do you know if you have ideas let me know yeah and we can make it happen
0: yeah Uh, I think that's great advice I never even thought about putting in place some type of a plan um uh, because that's yeah i mean listing obviously is the most important thing and being open to that and i know it's hard we get so busy and it's, yeah. and, and you know, the song, <laughs> the cats in the cradle just constantly goes on play in my head. Some days because <laughs> I'll look around and I'm like, you know, what song I'm talking about, right? The cats in the cradle yeah. and the spoon. And it's that for, for all you millennials watching, who may not know this song. It's basically a song about a parent who was always too busy for his kid when the kid was growing up and then mm-hmm. the kids grown up and the parent wants to be involved in the child's life. And the kids basically like, sorry, you were never there for me when you needed me. So I'm busy. See ya. And you know, that song will replay through my head on repeat sometimes. And I'm like, I don't want that to be my situation, but we get so busy and day after day goes by. And, you know, I think, um, it's something that we almost have to, if, if we are guilty, like I am about doing so much stuff and, 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 and taking on a lot. And, you know, we're going to all these types of Things and situations that maybe we have to schedule it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, for somebody like yeah, me, I that do. might work. <laughs> there you go. Like, put a calendar appointment. Yeah. I'm going to talk to my children about their feelings individually <laughs> on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. said
1: <laughs> like, so that is yes. Believe it or not, that's what I do with the parents.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's if that's what works, that's what. But oh my gosh, exactly. I just exactly. I mean, I have to. I have to be honest, like my son, he is, um, or well, he's a lot of things. <laughs> he's, he's wonderful. And he's, uh, because he has, he has
1: wonderful parents. He,
0: well, thank you. And he, uh, I know Valerie, that song always makes me cry when I hear it, but, um, <laughs> she said she always gets choked up hearing that song. Oh, but it's God. so true. It's like life goes by so fast. But you know, my son, he's an empath. So when we were having the conversation oh. about this little boy, he was just crying and crying and crying. And then I was really confused because I didn't know if he was crying because I was crying, or if he was crying because the situation was so so sad, or if he was crying because he had had feelings like this too and i was really really concerned that maybe he was crying like this because he wanted to self harm and um you know we kept we we kept asking him is there anything you want to share is there anything that you want to share what's going on why are you why are you crying and he's just crying. like i don't know <laughs> so you know if <laughs> if we don't feel like we can yeah you're right valerie it could have been all of it and and That's he true. is so much like me i am an empath if somebody even like starts to sniffle a little bit around me i'm crying with them and um you know part and i think he is an empath too which i think is terribly difficult for a 10 year old little boy to be as sensitive as he is and an empath. So I really want to make sure that I'm listening to him and there for him. But if a child won't talk to you, what do you do then?
1: Um, ask them to give them the option to write it down. If they can't, if they can't express it, you know, um, would you prefer to write it down? Would you prefer to, you know, um, The phones now have voice recordings. Do you want to record, you know, yourself? Yeah, that's a great idea. You know, um, yeah. One thing that I have done with our nine-year-old daughter is that we have a journal that just belongs to the two of us. And we go back and forth with it. Wow. And I write notes to her. And then, you know, I give it to her. Of course, she doesn't write much back. But that's (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You know, and then she would, you know, or, or I would ask her questions like how, how, do you, what did you think about your summer this year? You know, let me know, like, and then she'll draw and things like that and then give it back to me.
0: Oh, uh, that's such a good idea. I think something like yeah. that would be my, uh, my son's struggling a little bit right now. He feels like we're hard on him. He feels like we don't, you know. Is he,
1: oh, he's your oldest, right? He's my oldest. Oh, okay. He's,
0: he's got ADHD. Um, he's recently like really started getting upset about the fact that we talk about him when we're hears he'll overhear us talking about his ADHD and if his medicine is working and all this stuff. And, you know, he's coming to that age where he, you know, doesn't know how to process everything, but he hears us talking about things and, um, yeah, great idea, uh, Valerie. She says use pictures to communicate auditory, visual, or kinesthetic processors. But, um, you know, so, yeah, so all of these tips I think are great being able to um, to share with him through a nonverbal type type communication I think would be really helpful. but we have been talking for an hour. You have provided so much good information, and um, you know I'll, I want to give you the opportunity to to wrap up uh, and to share any potential resources or how people can get a hold of you, but I just want to quickly say that um. I think the most important thing that I have gained from this conversation is that the most important thing that we can do is start opening the pathways of conversation as early as possible and letting our children know that they can always come and share with us and that we're going to receive it. So please, I would love for you to have an opportunity to um, to give final thoughts and, and and resources. And thank you so very much.
1: Thank you, Alexa. Thank you for for having me again in your in your podcast. Um, we've been talking about particularly the nine to you know twelve year olds, and I had mentioned earlier that this is the age where they want to feel like they belong. They want to feel like they fit in and they're part of the cool crowd. Um, let's start in our homes. Let's make our homes. A place where they feel like they belong Um, and the way to do that is to make sure that you hold off on your opinions um, when they when they uh, talk to you Um, don't judge their feelings don't judge your feelings actually you know as parents we're also human and we have feelings too but I think that as as we understand our own feelings, we're able to understand um, what our children are going through um, and make sure that they have a space in our homes to feel recharged so that they don't have to look for it anywhere else Uh and that they come to us for advice, for trust. Um, Let's show up authentically in the lives of our children um, and let's not expect them to bridge the gap If our kids are not talking to us, it thinks like, well, you're not talking to me. So how can I know, how can I know, you know, what you're feeling Um, to, to expect children to come to us is really unrealistic. We can, we, as the adults can bridge the gap. We can, um, you know, there's a way to be able to, as you said, open the pathways of communication and conversation with them um i do have a free resource um in my website and i'll give alexa the um the link to it but it's 15 ways to affirm your children beyond saying good job
0: oh because, i love
1: it <laughs> um, <laughs> and those 15 ways are very very specific and it'll help you strengthen your relationship with your children
0: yeah that's fantastic. We will um, definitely, I'll pop that link in here. I've just been, in case you heard my typewriter going, I've been um, typing some of these things into the comments here so that people that come back can um, see these great tips. But yeah, listen first, as Valerie says, is so important. And um, I just, I really, I thank you for tackling a difficult subject. I thank you for coming in and um, and sharing with us your Uh, expertise on this, and, you know, I just, I hate that we have to have this conversation. I know that the situation has made me a lot more um, aware of what my children are being exposed to. I mean, some days it's so easy, especially being a mom who works from home. Um, Some days I'm not done doing my work when they get home from school, and it's real easy to say, you know, go play this game or go, go watch TV or go play. You know, I always encourage them to play outside too, but it's winter. So that's not always an option. And, um, and I have to laugh. This is kind of funny, but it, um, confirms my point is that my daughter the other day, she's sitting there on the tablet, what she loves to what she's six. She loves to watch YouTube videos about toys. And, um, all of a sudden I'm listening and I'm like, what is she listening to? It was a, a video about how to make makeup from food ingredients in the home. And oh. <laughs> well, this is not good for a couple reasons. One, she's stumbled on something that's not age appropriate. And two, uh, next thing I know, I'm going to come downstairs and she's going to be <laughs> trying to uh, make something. But anyway, all that to say, you know, we have to be um, we have to be aware of what they're exposed to and how that impacts right. them. And, um, please tell everybody your website so they know where to find you.
1: Yes. Um, my website is www.joyacaso.com.
0: Awesome. All right. I'm going to share that in the comments really quickly. And, um, and then we are going to say goodbye.
1: Would you like to say anything else? Um, this has been a pleasure to, you know, to be interviewed by you, Alexa. I think that, um, um, I love what you I love what you do really you're just an amazing person you have like a, your heart is like it's just always you know aim towards doing what is best for the community um, and so thank you so much for having me
0: thank you for being here this was a lot of great information. So, and thank you everybody for joining us. This will be up on the page. If you want to come back on, it will also be posted on the podcast at lose the Cape.com forward slash podcast. Thank you. Okay.